my originals because they the originals should be played to death by now. I want I want new fresh ones that actually uh, are nice and clear. Yeah. There's um there's a record fair in Tooting once a month now. So um yeah, that's Tooting. bad. Tooting. Yeah, power to the people. <laughs> power slave to the people. Power slave to the people, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, welcome, Heathens and Heretics, to another instalment of your favourite metal podcast hosted by three old cunts. Um, well, four old cunts this week, because by popular demand, um, the Bean Dog himself is, is is back for another week. So uh, everyone, welcome him into your homes. Who's popular demand? Oh, thousands of people, mostly Russians. No, it's, it's, it's Russian bots, mate. <laughs> uh, I hear you're popular among the Russian bots. Oh, they love us. They can't get enough. All three of them. <laughs> Shower you with praise. <laughs> no, wherever, wherever you are in Russia, I, I'm hoping that at least one of them are right out in the very far east of Russia in the bleakest possible location. You know, living in some sh- some shed in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. It'd be great. If we could spread to that. It'd be fucking awesome. But um, but yeah, yeah. welcome back, Bing. Good to be here. Hello, gentlemen. Good. I, I keep telling you to stop with the whole gentleman thing. Oh, listen, I'll, I'll be persistent. Like, I'm polite, if anything. If yeah, or anything no. else, I should say. About as polite can as just, the new Can, can we just call it gentle person, okay? Yeah, we've got to be inclusive. Yeah, sorry. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Quite right, too. Okay. Yes. Gentle yes. people of the heavy metal universe. Yes, that's Thank it. Thank you for having me. All right, fucking hell. We started off with a load of waffle, didn't we? Anyway, what are we doing this week? Um, a few albums we want to talk about that have been out in recent weeks that we haven't really mentioned that much yet. Um, we're going to have a, a dig at the new Sangua Sugar Bog album or Sangua Sugar Bog or Sangua Bogger Sugar Wogger Bogger Bogger Wogger Sugar Bog, um, which was a delightful little ditty, I must admit. We'll come to that later on. And we'll have a look at a few of the other bits and pieces that are knocking about at the minute. Um, we may as well start with the fact that Ozzy Osbourne has finally retort, retired, retored, retired from playing live. And, you know, it should have happened probably 20 years ago, but thank fuck for that. He can actually go and enjoy his retirement. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. What, what is the reason he's given? Well, what do you think? There's nothing left of him. He's broken. Literally, literally broken. He's not. Ozzy Osbourne is Iron Man. Every time, a, every time a limb falls off, they just replace it with something. Sharon will find some way to uh, get him back out there. Well, he did say, didn't he? he in, so, in, in the statement that put out, there is like, there's a little disclaimer in there where he talks about how his his team or his people are currently looking for ways where he can tour without going from, you know, yeah. city to city or whatever. So whatever that is, who knows? But well, that's not a tour then, is it? You're not actually moving. <laughs> like, what, what's he going to do? Like, just... Broadcast. Like, like, play at an arena and it's just on Zoom or something. Yeah. Well, it'd be the metaverse, won't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it I still don't understand that. But... Metaverse. Yeah. Either that or they're just, um, it, it'll be one venue and they'll just invite different audiences. They're like minibus people in from far away. He just need just needs to stop. He just because he, he looks he looks completely fucked. He looks like the frail old man that he is, not yeah. what we all How remember. Is he still so. going though. Like, oh. it, it's like you know, he's like Keith Richards, Richards. Isn't he? Yeah, it's just can't be killed by conventional weapons. This this is kind of what worries me now because it's this this is what he lives for. You know, he he is 
I know we don't really associate it with him, but he is a bit of a workaholic. He's always doing something, scoring yeah, yeah. or making music. And I really do fear that it's not going to end well in the near future because well, as long as he doesn't meet, do. as long as he doesn't meet Les Truss, because the last you know, <laughs> he meets people, they die. Wow. Uh, I, 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 my theory is that, and I, I, I thought this for years. Sharon Osbourne is a sucker bus, and what, what, what she does is she goes off and she sleeps with other men or women, and drains their life force, and then goes back and gives it to him. That's how we still go. <laughs> So that's actually quite logical. And yeah. we don't know, we don't know where the bodies are buried, but you know, well, these dried up husks that are just kind of under the floor. Yeah, I mean, and like, you know, it's, it's always <laughs> around these times where like Ozzy announces his retirement that other metal stars start dying off or disappearing. I reckon she slept with Jeff Hanneman. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how Jeff died. It wasn't a spider bite. It was Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, it was Sharon Osbourne. Yeah. Is there a difference? And, uh, <laughs> You know, Chris Cornell. One's definitely. a hideous creature with fangs and many legs, and the other one's a spider. Yeah, I, I have to uh, say, like, I I, feel, I did feel really sad. It, it, it and it was strange because um, it was inevitable. Like, I had tickets yeah, to the yeah, upcoming, yeah. Um, and I knew it wasn't going to happen. Like I, this has been postponed. I bought I bought the tickets almost no, over four years ago. Yeah, yeah. This thing yeah. is just postponed and postponed and postponed. And uh, so, you know, I, I, every expectation was that was going to happen again. I knew it. But when that, um, you know, to, you know, to Anthony's point, it's like when that announcement came out, uh, it hit me. I just felt really sad for him because I do genuinely think this is what keeps him going. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, we, we, we kind of mock him and, you know, we mock Sharon and tell him that, you know, she's pushing him out there and he should have retired years ago but i genuinely think that is what keeps him going and yeah it must be it must be you know i was thinking about today i think ozzy has always been defined like he's it's a classic working man working class man come good story isn't it and i think ozzy achieved that by pushing himself further than you know he's really capable well even his singing voice i would say that that sort of yearning, mournful quality to his voice is because he's pushing himself further than yeah. he can actually go. And I think he's always done that. And that's really what the appeal about Ozzy Osbourne for me is. He's always just pushed really hard and he's done more than he's capable of. Um, so to kind of see him have to step down, I think is uh, is quite something, really. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, you're right. It's sad. And also, I mean, fair play to him as well, because whether or not you are enamored of the whole commercialization of, of metal and rock music and like things like Ozfest, but Ozfest in the nineties was very important in breaking some, you know, some bands that were quite big now. So that the whole concept of a, of a, of a, of a yearly touring uh, spectacle um, is great. And, um, you know, again, I mean, I, I I'm not a biggest fan, but that was pretty much Sharon's idea. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and again, you know, she doesn't get enough. I mean, we you know, like you said, we can we can poke fun and things like that, but she basically pulled him out of the the cocaine hole he was in to get him to record Blizzard of Oz. And if he she hadn't done that, pulled him out of many many holes. And yeah, and like you know, and, you know, just the woman, the stuff that she must have had to put up. 
Oh, like yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, wasn't that he was the, a scumbag? He, you know, and he, when that, he was at his worst. There's that story that he drank like a bottle of brandy or something, or two bottles of brandy. And he came home and he just looked at it and goes, "We've decided we have to kill you." Kill you, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, that's like oh, you know, dark. They're they're making a film. This has all been made into a film, so I'm not sure what stage they're at, but it's all been green lit. Who's going to play him? Uh, no, n- none of that has been talked oh. about. It might even be too early days, but the, um, but the, uh, the, you know, the story's been um, green. You know what? If, 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 if when when he eventually does pass away, which will be a sad day, if that is not the top story on the BBC News, I am going to be livid. That'll be a because big deal. In all due respect, sick, yeah. like yeah, yeah that that warrants, and. I, I I think he should have a state funeral in Birmingham. Fucking right, he should. That that I mean that would be a day out. And that sounds harsh, but that there'll be a lot of people descending on Birmingham to pay respect. I mean, like that, I think, they'll course. they'll they'll descend on Aston. That's where they'll go. Yeah. It, it's like like I said back in August on one of the episodes about the uh, when they were talking about the the operation to like stage the Queen's funeral. I said, well, they need one when Ozzy died in you know, Operation Electric Funeral. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, all of them, though, like Bill Ward. How many heart, heart attacks has Bill Ward had? Yeah, he's not been a healthy man for a long time. And, and, and he just keeps going. Geezer, Geezer and Tony, for their age, relatively look quite healthy. Well, Tony Iommi's recently had cancer, so, you know, yeah, yeah. and just keeps, um, you just keep fighting it. Geezer's it's mean, incredible, really. I think it did, a lot of, a lot of respect needs to be afforded to both of both Sharon and Ozzy really for, for what they did for metal in the late nineties, because you think of what metal was and it was all over the place and alternative sounds. And again, I know we, we can converse and chat about new metal all we like, but late nineties and how it kept metal in the mainstream. Yeah. That was a big, exactly what I just said. Yeah, but, but it's, it's not it's not so much that we're specifying new metal, but the fact that we've we've dug out new metal on this podcast so many times, you, you know, we we have to. It's all part of it, isn't it? So, you know, but he's it, he's actually oh look, he's back. I say something's <laughs> actually stopped you talking then for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had my VPN on, so. But there you go. So you know, he's gone. I think um, Priest have made a statement, haven't they? That they're they're looking at their options because obviously. You know, they were the support on the upcoming tour. They're not obviously not going to play the same venues, but they haven't toured the UK since 2015. So I think it'd be it'd be good to see them do some. Haven't they? No, no, they haven't. They've played in the UK, but they haven't done an actual proper UK tour since 2015. When did Firepower come out? That's earlier than that, isn't it? Was it? Yeah. Okay. 2012 Firepower. I think the last tour. No, the last tour they did. Uh, Firepower hadn't come out because um, I was there, Brixton Academy. Uh, Redeemer of Souls was the last album they toured. Firepower was out in 2018. Yeah, so they didn't tour Firepower. Like, they've no, done festivals. They've done Bloodstock a couple of times, haven't they, and, mm. and bits and pieces. But, uh-huh. yeah, the last actual tour was Redeemer of Souls. So uh, Which we went to. Well, I went to. I didn't. 2005, yeah. Was, I, yeah I, Apollo. Yeah, Angel, Angel of Retribution, yeah. Yeah, saw them on that tour. Um, but no. you know, if Maiden are actually doing a UK tour this year, it'd be good to have Priest do it as well. So, yeah, you know, fuck it, let's, let's, let's get Priest on the Maiden tour. Let's, let's, let's have that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I could just give up going to gigs after that. I think Maiden <laughs> and Priest in one night that's it. That's like 
end of level boss done. Yeah, it could work. Why not? It'd be amazing. Someone put in a call, please sort it out. We got to call Sharon. Oh fuck. She can make she can make it. <laughs> she hates Iron Maiden, doesn't she? There's gonna yes. be no well, <laughs> no, she she hates she hates Bruce Dickinson. That's more the issue, isn't it? It's not so much the rest of them, it's just him. But um, but that's that's a clash of personalities. That, that was never gonna work. Whoever decided that was a good idea, but here you go. Um, anyway, a uh, couple of other bits and pieces then. So has anybody heard? I don't know if you have. Um, Paul Gilbert's instrumental cover of Holy Diver in the last couple of days. Anybody heard it? I had no idea that was a thing. He's done um, uh, a, a, a whole album of Dio covers, I believe it is, um, but it's instrumental. So obviously guitar player. So it's the, the, the vocals are replaced by guitar. So have a listen to it. It ain't great, to be honest, but it is worth a listen because it's, it is a bit experimental. But um I mean, I'm speechless. I, I wouldn't know how to respond. <laughs> then don't respond. Just let me take a sip from my beer. Um, and on the same note, um, so me and Bean quickly discussed earlier on the uh, this new Slipknot single that was released today. Out of the blue, pretty much, wasn't it? It's not on the album. It's a standalone single. No, it's, it's interesting it's... Because, because the album was their last for Roadrunner, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. So I'm wondering if this represents their first release sort of free, you know, as in just yeah. releasing stuff under their own, you know, whatever the hell they want to do, I guess. Well, they've, they've talked before about, you know, and, and we've spoke about it on here, not releasing albums anymore. So it might be part of that. But the song itself, um, like I only listened to it once, you, you know, being, I'll let you sort of describe it, but it's, it doesn't sound like Slipknot. No, I mean, it, 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 it's, a, it's an odd one to kind of... Um, to come, well, I say come back with, obviously, you know, the case being that they've left Roadrunner, that they made a big deal about right now, they're, they're their own their own boss, so they can do what they like. And I, 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 for me, the expectation was they would come back with something that was kind of quite raw and visceral and yeah. heavy, yes. I mean, this is the complete opposite. It's a very, it's a slow burn. It's quite creepy. Um, you know, I, I, I thought, I think of it as like this kind of dark, folk sound it's it reminds me of nick cave um and i know earlier we were talking and you met and pink floyd was mentioned yeah. um just in some of the guitar parts i can hear sort of a bit, bit pink floyd here. it's um yeah really weird hmm. i kind of liked it though but yeah i was i was about to say but i have to say so i listened to it yesterday when it when i heard the news that it, that it had been released um and I sort of it raised an eyebrow. I, you know, I didn't dislike it, but I was like, okay, that's not what I was expecting. Um, and then it's, I was at work today in the office and it came on uh, Radio 6. So like, you know, fairly mainstream BBC Radio were playing it and recognised it straight away and just realised it, it, it just got its hooks in. And I was yeah. sat there thinking, you know what? This is really good. I like it. So it's well worth checking out. It, it works for them. I think it works for Corey Taylor's voice as well. That's that's what makes it recognisable. As soon as his voice kicks in, you 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 know you you know that it's it's got something to do with Slipknot. But um, yeah, they, they they can do what they want now. I, I get that they if they can self release music and just have that kind of freedom, then why the fuck not? You know, but it, it would you can see it working in a live setting as well. You know, they just tone everything down. You know, all the lights go down and all that kind of shit. I, I can see how it would work really well. So, you know, um, fair play to 
I don't know what the issue was with Roadrunner, but they, you know, they didn't really have a lot of good things to say about them, did they? No, I mean, I, I was, I was reading some stuff today, actually, just kind of following my own curiosity, like having heard the single, um, and th- there's an interview out there somewhere uh, with Corey Taylor, basically saying that, I mean, he describes it as they're not even a shadow of what they used to be, and yeah. all the 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 contacts and the people they were working in the past they've all they've all left or been fired um quite un, unceremoniously kind of ejected from the from the company so i you know who knows who knows but it sounds like it's not a particularly nice place to work i guess I mean, they got they got bought out didn't they they were bought by a major label weren't they so i'm sure yeah and i think they yeah they just went in and cleared cleared the decks basically it's been a long time since their glory days hasn't it yeah what yeah. we've Essentially, Media's and Nuclear Blast and all the other labels yeah. throwing up some great stuff. Roadrunner don't have the name power that they used to in terms of innovation and no. ideas. No, yeah, you think back in the day, again, the new metal days, and you know they they brought in bands like like Killswitch Engage. They, they bought Ferret Records, didn't they, Roadrunner? And all really? those bands that uh, the Killswitch, Every Time I Die, all those that were on Ferret Records all of a sudden had the roadrunner exposure in the early 2000s. So, um, yeah, and that's, that's where Killswitch came from. So, you know, a lot of those bands have gone on to be, have gone on to be huge, but yeah, you're right. The likes of Nuclear Blast have just, you know, have kind of taken it on to the next level. So maybe not commercially, but certainly from, you know, a metal point of view, they're, you know, it is the European labels now. So, you know, you think of some of the classic albums have been released on roadrunner in the last so well, it through the nineties and, and early two thousands. Well, how the mighty have fallen. Exactly. It really exactly. is a case of that. Yeah. Sepultura, Machine Head, you know, all, all those classic albums. <laughs> Fear Factory. Yeah, go go yeah, go and have a listen. Have you not listened to it yet? Not yet. No. No, have have a listen to it. And um, interesting to see where it goes. And I think I think they said something about, and I, I'm sure you guys were talking about it on here fairly recently. Um, their plan to maybe not release albums mm. again maybe this represents that it's they're just gonna every so often just drop something out there and and it really feels at this point they've got complete freedom to do what they want and yeah they're demonstrating that just with this new single it's like they really could pretty much put out anything they want in any style and it's going to get accepted as slipknot now that's that's what it yeah. seems to be well look they've they've grown up haven't they they're not the, the angry young men that they were it's it's gonna, you know, you're gonna move with the times a bit, I suppose. So, I, I noticed earlier on today when I was flicking through social media that Anna Nathrak are gonna play a few more shows this year. Um, the London show that myself and Beam were at just before Christmas was that much of a success. They're keeping that live lineup together. They're um, they've been added to the Damnation bill on the fourth of November. So, um, that's a tasty looking lineup. We got Amon Ra headlining it. Um, a Haber on the bill as well, and some other. Mental all the extreme A's. stuff, you know. <laughs> all the A's, all the A's, basically. Yeah, you can work your way down the alphabet. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't know to what extent, but yeah, it, it was a great gig that, and I can see why they wanted yeah. to do more. There was such a there was a beautiful moment in that gig where, um, you know, it was kind of said, Look, this was a bit of an experiment, we just wanted to see if people would turn up, yeah, and have, and you could just see the delight you know as that announcement was made and at that point you knew okay this is this is a thing now this is you know this is yeah. going to grow legs and there'll be more shows whether that's festivals or you know some gigs 
um, more power to him, man, because that was a blinding show. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. But um, Damnation is the only one they're doing in the UK. So, you know, if anyone in the UK wants to catch them, that's that's your only chance. So, so yeah. Um, and someone else I wanted to mention, uh, this <laughs> the resurrection of Milwaukee Metal Fest. We've all seen the lineup knocking about this week. Um, so this was a festival back in the late 90s, I believe, early 2000s. It's quite legendary amongst certainly all the early metalcore bands and all that kind of thing. And um, uh, Jamie Jasters had bought the rights to the, to the, bought the business last year, basically, and has resurrected it. And the, um, the lineup is just, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous, quite frankly. You know, we, we, we would never get something this strong under one roof in the uk just wouldn't i'll pick out a few i'm getting you know, i'm guessing jamie jester's got a hell of a little black book though you know what i mean oh mate yeah <laughs> he's, he's, he's just yeah he's he is the the go-to man these days isn't he if you want it he's, done he's, in metal he's the nick fury of metal <laughs> <laughs> i mean I'm looking, at, I'm looking at it now anthrax on their suicidal tendencies yep. napalm, napalm death, death. Name it. literary Corrosion conformity, you know, oh. there's, there's some great violence are on there. Dying fetus are on there. You know, Fun Factory are on there. Um, you know, Shadows Fall are back again as well, aren't they? So it's, yeah, it's, it's a hell of a lineup. Even Dark Angel, fuck's sake. It's some sure. really out of the blue stuff. So, uh, yeah, let's, 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 have that, let's have that over here, please. Yeah, pretty, pretty please. Yeah, yeah, go on. Just, just, you know, bring it all over here. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, I guess Bloodstock is the closest we have to anything like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It is. Um, yeah, and you know, Milwaukee's got its um, got its history, isn't it? Um, Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that was uh, Algonquin for the Good Land. Is that right? <laughs> um, I do believe it was the only major American city to have elected three socialist mayors. <laughs> <laughs> We're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> But, I, I watched uh, I watched the Del Preston clip this morning actually. Just I it just popped in my head. Well, like it was what was the other bit? The the other classic on that one in Wayne's War Two is the uh, you know I, I think if we're going to fight it should be dubbed very well. That is your custom. You've heard it down. You know, like, <laughs> like, it, it's just you look back at it. It's, oh, it's, you know it, what? It's, it hasn't. I don't know if it's because of the age bracket we're in, but it doesn't seem to have aged that badly. No, no, listen, my kids, my kids, both they're uh, sixteen and and eighteen, and they watched it recently. My my son watched it recently. I mean, they've seen it before, but when they were kids, and it was kind of more me just trying to show, like, look at this film, check this film out. <laughs> but um, under his own influence, my son watched it, and he just he just had an absolute hoot watching it. Just said it was great. <laughs> that and Spinal Tap. I was just like, son, I. <laughs> it's a I, proud I, moment. I, I, I prefer, I mean, there are some good bits in Wayne's World 1, but I actually prefer Wayne's World 2 overall. Oh, yeah, I do. The, yeah, it's got it's got the lines. It's got Del Preston. Yeah, I mean, and it also it's just a bit like, why are, you, why are you stacking crates of watermelons and chickens and stuff? And, that, and then it's like, it happens, and it's like, our work here is done. You know, it is. Um, I do have a question. What are the shitty Beatles like? <laughs> they suck. <laughs> brilliant god you know this conversation is making me uh like keen for a wayne's world three i reckon mike Mike could pull it off as well no 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 no. we don't want to go down that route we had bill and ted free shouldn't have yeah i I couldn't i couldn't even finish that no i wanted to like it so much i was excited for it 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it just, have, you, have you seen that? Have you seen that that new TV show on Netflix about Gunther the dog? And it's he's got the trust fund, and like this German countess left the dog a massive fortune. Like we're talking like hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds. And like my wife is watching it, and I was like, "What? What is this?" And she goes, "Oh, it's about this dog." And then it's like you know, so it's it's got him in his like you know his castle in Germany. But the bit that made me really laugh is when it just cuts the Tuscan. He goes. Gunther's Tuscan Villa, and it's just like, and he's got um, he's got an entire team. He's got PR, investment, bankers. He's got what the, the president of the foundation. Yeah, seriously. So this this German countess gets this out Alsatian German Shepherd. He calls it Gunther, right? And when she dies, she uh, her husband was a, a um a chemist, but he also owned one of the largest um pharmaceutical companies in Germany. So they had a massive fortune and she basically had very few friends, didn't have any children, didn't have any other family to leave it to. She left it all to the dog. But the will states that it's not just the dog, it's the dog's bloodline. <laughs> so what, yeah, what they, what, what they did, right, is... We're talking about fiction, are we? This is still fiction. So it, it's, there's, there's Gunther, the original dog, but the, that dog died years ago and now they're on Gunther the Seventh. And <laughs> They, so hang on, they like, breed, like being they, they is, breed, is this fiction? This is real life, mate. This is real. No, this hang on. Real. I thought this you is... were talking about a film. This is real. I've literally for the last couple of minutes, I thought you're describing a film. No, 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 no. It's like, okay. So, so the dog, um, it's it's gone from the seventh, right? And and what they do is they breed. So it's direct descendants from the original Gunther, and you know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a dog breeder, but it, it does look like a fine specimen of a German Shepherd, you know. Um, and they'll, they'll um, they breed them, and then obviously the they they pick out like the best from that batch, and that's the new Gunther. And um, but you know, it's like there was this guy who was like the official spokesperson, and then it just cuts to the fucking the the personal chef, and <laughs> and and what what you. you that dog eats exactly what you would imagine. It's like, have you ever seen those massive Bistecca Fiorentina? Like they're like that thick and they cost like a hundred quid. Yeah. And they like they weigh like 50, like almost like five kilos. And you eat them like you literally just flash fry them on either side and you, you basically eat them rare. Well, I can see the fucking the dog is sat at a table. The dog is sat at a table and the personal chef brings it out and it's the the yeah. That's it, yeah, yeah. The the the, the, the uh, Florent, Florentine steak, and it's got gold leaf on it, and caviar, and white truffle. That's what the dog eats, and it's sat at the table, and it, you're just like this. Is this where society has gone to now? I don't. Um, I'm just, there, there is there is there is some some word that that it isn't necessarily true, and there's it's a bit of a fable, but no one's quite sure what the facts are. I, I don't know. You know, we're sitting on a metal podcast talking about a dog with 400 million euros. But but all I need to know is, is it legal to marry a dog? Well, plenty of people have. No, the, 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 oh, the, did, the, I mean, would you the want dog, to consummate the, the marriage? The, the, dog, the dog doesn't need to get married. It's like, you know, Gunther literally has his bitches, you know. Um, Ling. But right, can, can, we, can we move on from billionaire dogs? It's absolute <laughs> fucking not. We pay for Netflix for fuck's sake, and that's the kind of shit that we're getting now. They're taking the piss. 
absolutely taking the piss, stealing a living. Fucking hell. All right. Okay. I, well, my mate, uh, she's a dog groomer, and I see some photos of some of the dogs, the dog owners. And it's, uh, people people love world. their dogs. You yeah. Know, oh, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, the dog loves yeah, the dog. Yeah. That's but, normal yeah. people. That That is normal people. We're not talking about a dog that has a Tuscan villa <laughs> and a private jet. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to think of puns, but I can't. So let's just let's. I'm I'm trying to think of metal bat metal tracks that are, are about dogs. Fucking hell! Um... This whole this whole thread has just blown my mind. I've, I've, the, the ability <laughs> to think has just disappeared. <laughs> I'm just no, trying to grasp. This I, whole... I know I know we want to move on to things, but it is. Think about it. It's obscene. It's a fucking tangent we're, we're, of all we're talking about we're talking about in, inflation. You've got refugees. You've got people going to food banks, and there's some fucking dog. Yeah. sat on god knows what and and this is the other thing they've obviously got the principal then he's got that this charitable foundation of this trust fund have, have got investment bankers at like goldman sachs and stuff investing the money so that 400 million it's not like it's dwindling when it's gone it's gone that's just grown i mean and I, I and the first thing i said to my wife was like when i looked at it i said i bet you all the people working for that dog or on like really, really big salaries and probably do sweet FA work. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's just like, it's well, obscene. I, I think it's only a matter of time before there's going to be a rogue Gunther that's going to develop like <laughs> this, this insane Bonio habit and it's just going to yeah. build the whole thing. Bonios? That dog doesn't eat Bonios. He, he, he's no, probably got his mean. It's, it's just going to be rogue Gunther. It's going to be, <sighs> you know, just goes off the rails, spends irresponsibly. All that money's going to go. What's, what you do is, what you should do is take take your own dog, take your own dog, right into into get it get it impregnated by Gunther, and then it's like a, a almost like an absentee father, alimony. Dogs, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The dog support agency will be all yeah, over. Yeah, the dog that, support. Yeah, well, I know. He's, if he, I, I need, I need money to help raise the offspring. You know, it's. <laughs> I'm going to come back in five minutes when you finish talking about a millionaire dog. So I, I can't help it. It's just, it, 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 it's one of those things where you laugh, but you also feel quite disturbed that this is actually a thing. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, you've, 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 you've summed that up perfectly. Um, Sangle sugar dog. There you go. <laughs> hey, there's a segue. So come on, let's 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 talk about the uh, the dirty, smelly bog in the room. The uh, the new Sangle Sugar Bog album. Um, Padre, have you listened to this? You probably haven't, have you? You wouldn't have had time because this this took time. Um, I, I kind of I, there's something about the name. I just it just puts me off. I think I think that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point. But uh, the album's called Homicidal Ecstasy. It was out uh, today as we're recording. Uh, on February the 3rd on Century Media. And anybody who knows who Sangra Sugarbog are, they'll have a fair idea of what it sounds like. But we're relatively new to Sangra Sugarbog because, you know, I have to admit, the first album, I listened to it several times and it didn't really didn't really do a lot for me. One of my biggest things with death metal is, is production. Uh, if the production's shit, then I, I struggle to get past it. Like the early Cannibal Corp stuff, like, like myself and Bean have been talking about recently. Um, but the later Cannibal Court stuff that's produced well, I, you know, I sort of enjoyed it more. So what they what they needed to do on this album was was improve that, and and they have in spades. But you know, you guys, what you've had listened to it as well over the last couple of weeks. What do you think? Well, just just to come in very quickly on just talk about um, the first album, Tortured Hole. Interesting point about Tortured that. Hole. 
yeah that's a hole with a w w h o l e oh, yeah well yeah, yeah. um <laughs> What's so again, about that record? Before we get onto the new one, what struck me because I, I listened to it quite a bit the first album, and I, I enjoyed it at the time. Um, it's a couple of years old now, but what I found really interesting, uh, given how lauded they are, and they, you know, they kind of been lined up as as you know the promising young new band that are going to go on to big things. Like at well, the, that Corpse Grinder says they're keeping death metal alive, so that's, that's all the crazy. On that first album, the snare drum sound is exactly the same as Lars's on St. Angad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which might explain why you didn't get on like get on with it. But I, you yeah. know, I love that. I think there's there's room for that trash can snare, and you know, that's a, a conversation for another podcast. But um yeah, great. I like the new record. I think I think it's really really cool. Loved it. I've got like I've got a real soft spot for um, just albums that make me want to take a bath afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and this one is so disgustingly filthy. <laughs> Everything I love the production. I just love that it just makes me feel grimy. Um, yeah, so I, I was a fan. Um, yeah, say some more, and I'll, I'll, I'll. We'll, we'll talk about the production before we sort of pick out any songs or anything. But the guitar sound on this has got so much low end to it. Like I said, it's just, it's just complete fucking filth. Yeah, there's um, there was a comic uh, about 20, 20 years ago called Trans Metropolitan. It's set in a more manic future, uh, similar to our society. It's just bonkers. And it's centred around a psychotic junkie journalist. Oh, is this more bonkers than millionaire dogs? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you've probably got a few millionaire dogs in that society, I think, really, based <laughs> on what I've, I've read. Uh, yeah, uh, it's centred around a psychotic junkie journalist on a never-ending quest for the truth. That's his, that's right. his, that's his focus. Uh, and, of course, he, he goes after and hates politicians. It's, it's, I mean, I've only read the first couple of volumes, but it's, it's one of those iconic comic books uh, that, that people love. But that first confrontation with a politician in, in a toilet, as it was, um, he squares up to him, the, 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 the main character who's called Spider Jerusalem, and he squares up to, um, to the politician and he uses his gun. Now, this isn't a gun with bullets, though. Um, it's, it's got its own word. But the idea is it emits a an ultra low sonic wave at the victim, who then proceeds to shit their pants. <laughs> and that's exactly the now. feeling I get from this album. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll, I'll make it clear: it hasn't made me shit my pants, thank God. But it touches something so low, so deep with their guitar sound and it is that production they've just nailed something with that production it's just got that vibe to it where i can think if you if they just twiddled a knob a bit further or played it specifically in a way at a venue then you, you'd, you'd need to close your nostrils do you know there was there's an interview years ago with napalm Death and they talked about how that was their um uh, one of their motivations was because that frequency apparently does exist where, you know, if you're exposed to it, your bowels will open. Yes. Napalm Death went on record <laughs> saying that's that's what their aim was. They want to find that frequency <laughs> gig. <laughs> and just, just imagine the carnage. 
you know, oh, now many thousands of people just simultaneously shitting themselves. <laughs> um, that's going to be a hell of a walk home to the station. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's yeah. I mean, this this isn't really my kind of thing normally, but no, me neither. I I like this album. It's because it it's doing what it's doing very well. Um, it's dynamic. It's not boring. No, no, it's, it's definitely not boring to listen to. Yeah. I mean, there's. The end of there's a track called Skin Cushion. At the end, there's a guitar, a guitar riff, which is I've never heard anything like it. Like you say, bow shaking. And um, there's a word you used yeah. when you were just talking about it. And, and it, like you said, it, it's got a vibe to it. And I think that's what carries it. It's a really vibey album as well. It sounds live. It sounds like you can hear the energy between the musicians. It sounds like a band in a room moving the air. You know, it's not cold, it's clinical. It's to me, like when I listen to it, I imagine being at some squat party or something like that. And you've just got this band set up in the corner, just absolutely having it, not giving a fuck, ju and just going for it. And, you know, and this is the result. This is the result. You know, it's just got such a vibe. It's like lively. It sounds alive. It crackles. Yeah. It's, um, like you said, the, the the drum sound on the first album, they've, they've definitely sorted that out. And it's it's still there. It's still very much a, a trash can snare drum, isn't it? But it's it, it, it's not so high in the mix now, and it, it's a bit more reserved. So that it, it's necessary, I think, for their sound. They, they're always going to need that snare sound, but it, it just sort of, it, it works better. Look, there's, there's, it took me a few goes, obviously. It wasn't an immediate listen. Um, but the more and more I listened to it, the more I came around, the more I started to hear a, a real groove. There's there's moments in it that, that make me think of sort of like nineties metallic hardcore in there as well. I, got, I'm going to say breakdowns, and I'm going to catch flack for this, but there are times when I was listening to this album that I actually thought of the first Corn album. You know what? I've got that in my notes, um, and that is on Testicular Rot. There's a riff at the end of that song that could have easily came off, easily come off the first Corn album. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's got that, it's that rumble, isn't it? Yeah. No, and on, yeah, on, on that there. theme, uh, I thought of Biohazard as well at some points. It's, it's yeah. interesting you say that because those 90s bands are definitely in there. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 look, they've, they're doing something that, you know, there's so many death metal bands out there, and there's a lot of death metal bands that are getting a lot of praise at the minute. Um, like Undeath have just been in the UK and, you know, people rave about them. I don't. I don't really get it. Maybe I just need to give them more of a listen. But I don't really get them. But there's something about this lot and them as a band. I think they they've got a bit of a sense of humour as well. Some of the videos they post on social media. The one I like in particular is all the, the goths in a car park dancing to to, to this album. The, it's, it's just it just looks looks and sounds so ridiculous. The one I like it is uh, they've they've used a, a scene from the, the Disney cartoon Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> where she play, where 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 she play puts Stitch's nail onto a record player and he plays the music for his his mouth. Oh yeah 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 yeah. The one I saw was um, was Eight Mile where it's got Eminem. Yeah. And they're going for the rap battle and then he turns to the crowd and then just that's it. Sandwich yeah. yeah. Bob. You know, think, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this kind of music and these days especially and you're gonna have you know song titles. <laughs> necrosexual deviant and face ripped off and black market vasectomy you know you've, you've <laughs> got to have a bit of a 
a bit of a sense of humour about it. You know, they, they deliver it well. They don't take the piss. It's all very, it's done properly. They're obviously very serious about their craft. But the fact they have got a sense of humour, I think, just makes them a bit more accessible. I think one, one thing that occurred to me earlier, um, which concerns me, uh, but I hadn't thought of that, but they, they are a bit, they've got, they're, they're, they're approaching that hip sort of area, which yeah, yeah, yeah. be careful yeah. of. But it, 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 I sort of realised that if the NME, the New Musical Express, was Express? Express. 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 Is that the yeah, Dutch it, version? Yeah. If the New Musical Express was still a weekly printed uh, paper, I reckon they would be cover stars on it at some point soon. Yeah, they, they probably got would. that mm. thing about them. They've also got the ultimate unreadable logo, haven't they? So I cannot work out where the letters are on that. I've, I've desperately tried. I can normally <laughs> tell with some, some, but it's just impossible with that lot. I want to know. I want to see the original design. <laughs> just do my well, nothing. Sorry. <laughs> there's a couple of a couple of highlights I can pick out. Um, like I said, the my mate's only one face ripped off, which is which has got Aaron Heard from Jesus Priest, Jesus piece on it as well, which is a real sort of slow, chuggy one. That's that's a bit of a highlight for me. Um, mortal admonishment towards the end of the album sounds like fucking Pantera at times. Mm. You know, it, it's I don't know, they they've got this so much in the mix. And I think the more I listen to it, the more I'm gonna hear. This will never be my bag, this this kind of death metal, but every now and then something's gonna come along and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna catch my ear. Um, Padre, I can I can understand why this isn't up your street. <laughs> but listen, definitely. I, I I will go and I will give them, you know, a fair fair shake of the stick. Um, I think I did listen. Did did we did we get sent the the promotional? Yeah, we've had, yeah we've had it for two or three weeks. Yeah, right? yeah, and no, I think I listened to one of them. and I was like, yeah, I, I get what Anthony's saying about like the 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 depth, the sound. Um, it just it takes me so long to li- to like to get into stuff like death metal. Um, yeah, this is not. This I'm, is not I'm an much more. I'm, the, I'm I'm much more the older school stuff like death and morbid angel and stuff. Yeah. Like the really really growly stuff. I'm like because uh, I mean I like like Chuck Schuldinger's kind of style of vocals. That's if I'm going to listen to death metal, that's what I want to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I still need to give the uh, the obituary album. I mean, I, I mean, the last two weeks I've been listening to loads of Creator and Sodom. I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> uh, you know I'll drink to that, Padre. I'll drink yeah, to that. There's, there's, there's fucking worse things you can um, you can be listening to. Um, and yeah, talking of Creator, that show with Lamb of God has, has been moved up to Wembley fucking Arena now. What? Yeah. Jeez. So does that mean there's more tickets it's available? Back. This well, is there the, the, yeah, probably um, are a few tickets now, yeah. But I Wembley, say, Wembley Arena. arena. Well, look, Brixton have lost their license, or they've had their license suspended, haven't they? So the show was yeah. originally Brixton. I, and, you'd assume it would have gone to Hammersmith, wouldn't you? But, but yeah, you, you would know. have thought. I guess they can only use what's what's available. So, yeah. um, but municipal, municipal waste aren't on the lineup anymore. Oh, for fuck's sake! What's the point then? I know it's Lamb of God, but still, <laughs> um, it's uh, Stylosis now, which is a bit budget, but, uh, but, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Look, back to Sangre Silverbog. I'm 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 going to have to see this band live. I think when they're next playing the UK, yeah. I'm, I need to see what it's all about. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I would not sleep on getting tickets for that actually because I think that will it be, will go quick. Yeah, it will. Be a hot ticket. Yeah, the, the hype the hype train's rolling now, and I mean we're 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 part of that. We're on that train. We we sat here talking about a band that we wouldn't have been talking about twelve months ago, but 
it's um you, you can't help but be impressed with 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 what they're doing yeah and they, and they're doing it themselves as well like it's self-produced yeah. so the yeah. drummer uh, produced the album i think it was mixed by kurt ballou actually from Condor. Okay. so you know yeah. so between those two guys um you know they've achieved a really really fucking powerful sound on this record and it's great and i think actually just going back to that whole vibe of it i think that's why perhaps it rises above um other bands of that genre because they've captured an energy on it and i think credit to them, you know, them self-producing it and focusing on that really, just capturing an energy. Because yeah. the music, yeah. you know, it's quite impenetrable. It's not an easy listen, but there is something that just draws you in. It, it just kind of clicked, you know, with more listens, but it's just moments popped out and I, I could feel myself sort of like, even listening to it when I was driving, thankfully I didn't kill anybody in the process, but it, it, it's, I don't know, I, I can't quite put my finger on what it is I like about it. I I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Well, by not hitting the nail on the head, you've hit the nail on the head, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> um, I, th I thought the same thing. I, the first couple of listens, I thought, I like this, and I don't know why. Yeah. Shouldn't like it. No. It's but, disgusting, um, but I love it. But I think uh, I think the um, and the line from you, uh, it hasn't made me shit myself yet, should be on one a little sticker on the album cover <laughs> as a review. So. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. So yeah, Sangram. So we we like it. We didn't expect to like it, but we do. So um, if you're already a fan, you'll probably love it anyway. But you know what will happen now because we know what metal fans are like. Give it about six months. There'll be everybody's favorite new death metal band, like I said a couple of weeks ago. Um, but people will also hate them because they got too popular and they sold out. Yeah, they sold out. They've sold out. They've got a better snare drum sound. They've sold out. It will happen because it always fucking does. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, you know, so they've got all that coming. But yeah, good but luck to them. You know, can, can we? Can any of us honestly say that we've never done the same thing? Oh yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Of course we do. Actually, it's interesting that you mentioned Corn because that was very much their trajectory, wasn't it? It's like yeah. they came out as this ragged, rough band that was, you know, quite an intense listen. Um, and it wasn't long before you know they were the sellouts. Well, I remember, I remember Truganza and. Uh, our other, to some extent, uh, Rob, who's been on uh, previously, and, and and then one of our other friends, Chris Baker, and just I think was it was it the Ecstasy Uni gig, and we were we were there. You interviewed them for, for MetalPigeon.com, and then like we were in the gig, and it's just kids, and they were just refusing to play any of the older stuff, and like we we were not happy and i and i wasn't as a hardcore in flames fan as these other guys, as the other guys but they were just like especially Trigenza. he was so unimpressed and then like i think what was the other time i think we were driving up to see creation of conformity at exeter and uh Trigenza was playing um Jotun. uh what was the name yeah on, uh, on horacle yeah yeah the horacle the hive yeah. yeah, and and you you started hitting the steering wheel, and he was like, "This is exactly what I'm talking about. Why don't they write stuff like this anymore? What the fuck happened to this band?" But you've got a point, you know. But they haven't quite gone full circle yet. Their new album's out next week. We'll we will talk about it a little bit, but <laughs> you know, again, I, I'm that's yeah. that is squeaky bum time, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, it's, look, it's, they've they've released five singles already, and it's but it's, it's half a fucking album. Yeah, exactly. It's so far for me, it's it's a five out of ten. That's that's all they're getting. So you know, but <laughs> I, 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 I I will reserve the scars. The scars are still there. They're, the scars run deep. Healed. They they really do run deep. Look, my it's, first it's exposure to that band was the fucking Jester Race, and, and it, it completely fucking blew my mind. Not because I thought it was amazing. I just never heard anything like that before at that time. So for them to then go on to turn into what they turned into, it just sickens me. It's, it's one of those things, it's like, it's almost like a really intense relationship and you break up and you you, you get over it, but you don't entirely forget about it. You, you don't forget about the good times and you certainly do not forget about the bad times. <laughs> And, you know, it's hard to kind of, like, distill the two, one from the other. <laughs> it's just like... Well, we, we, we will see next week. We'll see next week. But I, I'm not getting my hopes up, that's for sure. So um, we'll come back to that. But other than um, Sangra Stuggerbog, there's, there's been a few other releases recently that we haven't really talked about a great deal. Um, so let's, let's do that now. Start with Lowest Creature, all of a sudden, surprisingly earlier in January, dropped a three-song promo, as they're calling it. Um, it's a bit of a different sound to Sacrilegious Pain. It's a bit more, it's a bit less thrash crossover and a bit more sort of almost venomy, early 80s kind of metal sound. And again, they just they just keep doing it. If that's the direction they're Love going, it. Listen to it. Love it. Right. Yeah. Let's get them back on. Let's get them back on. Fucking awesome. Love that band. It is fucking, yeah. They, they are so good at what they do. And yeah, I think it's, it's like three songs of 15, 16 minutes. They're quite long. But yeah, if that's the direction they're going, fucking loving it. Bean, have you listened to it? Oh, do you know, I'm listening to this thinking, I, so I haven't heard it. Um, I saw I saw that it had been released and it kind of like, pinged my radar, but I didn't get round to, um, to giving it a play. And listening to you talk about it, it's like the first thing I'm going to do when I get off this podcast now, let's dial it up. Cause you've just reminded me, you know, so. Well, they, uh, it's also on cassette and you're a cassette hipster. So, you know, you can order that. <laughs> uh, listen, <laughs> only when there's no other options, if I can't get it on vinyl, um, which speaking of which I'll use that as a moment, just to plug a band called mutagenic host. Oh yeah. So I, that was, that was an album I, I had to get on cassette and, you know, briefly going back to the sangra sugar bog conversation i haven't heard guitar tones as 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 just filthy disgusting heavy um as on this mutagenic host uh i think it's their only release i I, i'm not sure i'd have to have a look but it's um, a demo as well isn't it but you know it's pretty polished i'd say to my ears it sounds as good as um uh you know a full release um it's called the genotoxic demos um something like that and recommend it mutagenic host uh look it up i think it's on dry cough um so find that and the guitars sound incredible it's on um it's on apple music and spotify and everything as well and i'll uh i'll I'll add something to to the playlist this week as well so um yeah i i I liked it i liked it a lot when it's not on spotify is it not good no it's on Apple Music, right. and that's where I listen to it. So. Bandcamp, I'm sure. Yeah, just another like another filthy, disgusting death metal band 
um you know you, you need to have a good rinse behind your ears after you've listened to it but um it's just got this savage guitar tone to it that that's the draw for me i've I'm, i haven't heard anything quite like it yeah, no, I, that's a lie. i'll tell you i have heard something like it and i would compare it to the guitar tone on celtic frost's monotheist album fucking hell just that which oh, is okay okay sorry i've just i found it on Bandcamp. this is some quality song titles here uh, March of Pestilence, Enforced Bodily Terror, Metaphysical Maladies. That's a great try. That's 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 a bit of a bit of alliteration going on there. That's it, and it's a great. It's some good, good, nice, nice artwork. Good, yeah, good death metal artwork. Yeah. Bright, bright green, bright, bright green, and, and, and oh, 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 that's old school. That is the te- the tape, the cassette is white. With the green fluorescent green writing on it, that's like, yeah, that that was an exciting purchase for me. Yeah, big. <laughs> I calm down. <laughs> Come on, it's important. We know this. Yeah, we do. We, you know, we, we, without cassettes, we would never have, have discovered most of what we uh, what we loved. So, um, well, while Padre tries to listen to it down his phone, um, that, that is okay. Look, listen, I just want to bring up something quickly. Bean, are you holding a fucking pen? <laughs> You've caught me. <laughs> and not only am I holding a pen, I'm waving it around. Like, okay. It's because I, I was if, talking about riffs and I got excited and I waved look, it If we're going to have... We're, we're not allowed to talk about certain bands on here and I want a moratorium on fucking pens. Right? <laughs> or I'm going to break up the board markers. Okay. Not the yellow board marker. No, no, yes, I I shall keep my hands in my pockets. I mean you're you're uh, hands off. You're an occasional visitor, so I'm not gonna bollock you like I had to bollock Anthony <laughs> the other week because he know, he should know better. I've put the pen down, like that's how seriously I'm taking it. I've put the yeah, pen down. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, no more trouble for me. I'll just I'm gonna sit here at the back, I'll be very quiet, you won't even know I'm here. Wait, talk away, just don't weigh the fucking pen. <laughs> Brief symposium in the absence of light. Uh, has anybody listened to this as much as I have? I haven't. I've I've I've, I've started to dip into it, but it's a bit of a that's gonna that's that's gonna be a lot of effort for me. I think it's um it's not gonna be a quick. Uh, no, it won't be. It won't be. It won't, it won't. But it's a bit too. It's a bit too much. I think I need a lot of effort with it. To be honest. I've I've listened to it quite a lot now, and I I, re, I do really like it. Um, like this again, we're using this this word that we've used for a couple of things recently. It's dynamic. Is you know you've got a three and a half minute song, and then an eight minute song, and, and it's it sort of it is always changing. Um, and then there's the the closing track on the album, which is about eighteen minutes long. Um, it's a collaboration with My Dying Bride, and it's very very strange really really strange yeah i haven't listened to it much since um uh when would it be uh, last week was it um yeah, 27th i think it was out yeah and uh i i found it quite a, an aloof listen is what i would say it didn't it, <laughs> that's a great phrase <laughs> <laughs> yeah it didn't quite let it didn't let me in put it that way i liked it that you know i could i, I was in, i i did enjoy it um and bizarrely, I actually found that last track um, probably the most appealing thing on that initial listen, just because it was yeah. so out there. It's so different. 
and brave you know it's brave to put something yeah. like that out on on an album you know essentially it's it's poetry read to like this kind of droning track um which is interesting definitely and i'm i'm a big fan of my dying bride i you know i've got a lot of time for them so it's you know good to hear that voice on tape uh or vinyl or you know whatever you're listening to <laughs> one of those things in this instance actually um I was just trying to make myself not sound like a tape fucking hipster then, but uh, <laughs> too late, it slipped out. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I think just like Anthony said, it, I, it's going to take a bit more. You know, it's 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 holding itself back from me. Yeah, yeah, one, it, listen, one listen a month. month. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those. It's, but it, it, it definitely grew on me. Um, and I've, you know, it's... And I think it, I think it will continue to grow. I mean, like, it's, it's another one that's out on Church Road Records as well. They just, they just keep smashing them out of the park at the moment. So, um, yeah, um, Church Road have also signed Wallowing, the black metal beekeepers that we talked about a while back, who performed in Waterstone. So, um, I'm quite looking forward to that as well. While um, we're on the um, subject of UK doom, I do. Oh want yeah. I do want to mention Elderseer. Yep. Okay. Uh, they brought out an album today um, called... Oh, I'm unprepared, have I? Shock, oh, shocking. Shockingly unprofessional. Such a poor level of professionalism. It's disgraceful. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I made a point of listening to these chaps because they're from Guildford, um, apparently. That uh, hotbed so that's, of doom. That's Yeah, I mean, the fact that... Uh, I mean, a, a, a band can come from Guildford and play Doom. I'm quite shocked in, in itself. I mean, yeah, Guildford. Um, but the fact is, is, yeah, they, they sound like peaceful early 90s. Mm. They've really got that vibe to them. I mean, uh, the album, it's interesting. It's actually, it's, it's four tracks, which is about half hour, nice long tracks. And the rest of it, the side B, is, is the EP they released in 2018. So it's it's two EPs released as an album. It's good. It's quite accessible. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, me, me would be super good. <laughs> um, no, it's accessible. Um, it's it's not particularly complex or elaborate or anything innovative. It's just classic goth doom metal in the peaceful style. I think I think the chaps have been knocking about in various bands for years, so they 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 know what they're doing. They're consummate. Uh, creatives um, and I just wanted to give it a shout out to that because yeah I can see myself dipping into that regularly and enjoying that it's called Drown in the Shallowness there you go that's a proper doom title which, that isn't it I don't know I don't know has that been inspired by Silent Paul which is down the road and uh, yeah for any listeners who haven't come across Silent Paul that's a that's a myth to look up well go on then elaborate a little bit at least oh yeah. there's a there's a yeah there's a small lake um is it a cold lake? Uh, it's not cold. Oh, no, I'm going to talk about that later. Um, yeah, there's a small lake just off the A25 uh, road. Um, although back in the day, there wasn't an A25 there. Um, just just off Gomshall. So, yeah, sort of halfway between where I am in East Surrey and, and Guildford by the North Downs. But What's the name of that place you just said? Silent Gom Pool. No, no. Gom was it Gomshall? Gomshall, yeah. Yeah, that could be the name of a doom metal album, couldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that, that ring to it. I can see the mist on the front cover. 
But uh, yeah, Silent Pool. So as you can imagine, it's silent, it's quiet, or it it, ha it was historically because uh, a, a young woman drowned in there centuries ago. Um, oh, it's one a couple of, of various. There's a couple of various stories, but the the you know one I have come across is that she was chased into it by a, um, a marauding Prince John um, whilst he was out on his uh, travels, uh, and they were trying to get her get her sorted and yeah she ended up running into the lake and drowning bless her um and so it's been silent ever since well until they uh built a gin distillery right next door to it uh so yeah there, there is a gin gin called silent pool right okay well there, there's your um sorry history lesson for this yeah week. ruined yeah uh a couple of other ones that quickly then before we uh before we move on to andy's metal journey um Traz Torned, we listened to this, the Chilean Thrash, uh, another yeah. great album on Dying Victims. Anybody else have given this a go? Yeah, just just one listen so far, but it's solid. But there's, a, I think, again, it's 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 got a better side B than a side A. It's it, yeah, I, yeah, it does finish strong. Um, yeah. yeah, again, dynamic, uh, good thrash riffs, solid stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be checking this out again, definitely. Yeah, it's um, Chili's chucking out quite a bit of metal at the minute so it's, that's that's a, a little bit of a hotbed so um yeah being give it a go called Traz Torned the album's called Into the Void um and it's um it's very it's, it's thrash it's very it's very heavy and it's it's quite full on it, it's a little bit chaotic at times but there's there's some absolutely banging riffs in it I don't mind chaos no, no this is true so um yeah that's that's good uh Seven Doors we haven't really talked about that either um one man death metal project from Cornwall. The album's called Feast of the Repulsive Dead. Got amazing Fulci inspired artwork. We, we, we're loving that. Um, I've only, again, I've only listened to this a couple of times, but what I've heard so far, enjoyed it. Have you ever heard the band Fulci? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. That just popped into my head. Oh, yeah. So as giving it, as a it would. And I, I yeah. do need to watch his Gates of Hell trilogy at some point soon because that's just disgustingly nasty. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, this album's this album's good. It's you know we do love a one man project on this podcast, and um, yeah, he's, he's he's done well. It's really well produced as well. It sounds great for a debut album. Um, yeah, I, I can highly recommend it. Um, along the lines of sort of bloodbath and it's, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, give that a go. Um, and something that's an album that's out, I think, is towards the end of March. It's called Demonic Assassination and the band are Hellcrash. Um, <laughs> just can't. Again, they're on Dying Victims. Um, the reason I want to, I, the main reason I want to bring this up because they've only dropped one single. We, we've got the album and I've, I've listened to it a few times so far. Right. I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's Venom worshipping true fucking heavy metal of steel. It is exactly what you'd expect. But the artwork is something else. <laughs> It really is. And it's got to be a vinyl purchase because it needs to be on 12 inches. Um, <laughs> 12, 12 inches, eh? Literally 12 inches. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What's happening to those 12 inches? Skull fuck Satan. But they've, they've released two albums. I, the first one was out a couple of years ago. I think it was also on Dying Victims. And that looks, that looks, if you looked at it from a distance, you would think it was Slayer Show No Mercy. And this one, if we look at it from a distance, it looks like Rain in Blood. It's it's got a demon sat on a throne, fucking the face of a decapitated woman. Take my money, and it is just delightful. <laughs> but it's it's so graphically done. 
it's so that description doesn't even scratch the surface it really doesn't God. I, I haven't seen anything like that for a very very long time it's just not even in like a lot of deaf deaf gore metal they're disgusting but it's just <laughs> this is just sick yeah it is it is <laughs> look it's not going to be um it's not going to be on one of those racks when you first walk into a hmv is this week's featured record kind of thing it's uh yeah, it's, it's, it's one to be kept. That, that's, I, the kind, that's the kind of uh, T-shirt that you, the police would pull you over. Mm. Or, you know, we, we're talking Cradle yeah. of Filth Jesus as a see you next Tuesday type. It's like, take that off, sir, right now. Yeah, yeah. And like so there, there is, there's a song on the album, the song on the album called um, Satan Skullfuck or Skullfuck Satan or something along those lines. Skullfuck something, yeah, I remember yeah. that. So yeah, add those words onto the back of that T-shirt and you've got an absolute fucking winner. So, um, but like I said, it's, it's a good album as well. So being you'll like it, you'll definitely <laughs> it's, it's, it's just great fun. We, um, we, we, need, we need to give a shout out to Black Star Riders and Ricky Warwick. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do, it's, don't we? I think. It's, yeah. um, you know, it's uh, what was essentially a Finn Lizzy side project. Yeah. Still going. Um, I mean, I think Ricky's the only original band member now. Um, Scott Gorham's doing the tour, isn't he? He's yeah. doing the tour, yeah. Yeah. He's not but, recording anymore. But, um, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Hard rock. Solid hard rock. No no nonsense. No bullshit. No no innovation. Just hard rock songs. Yeah. And it's good. It's it's bloody good stuff. And they, what, number six of the album chart in the UK? It was, yeah, number six. Yeah, yeah top, top rock great. album. I mean, that's that's great. For, for a band that aren't really, don't really have a trendy huge profile in this day no. and age. Just well, they're not getting, I mean, put it this way, they don't get any airplay. Like you're not going to hear a Black Rider song played no. on the radio or anything no, like not that. Even on Radio it's 6 or something. Like that. That's all the support the fans, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. But yeah, but yeah I mean, they're, they're touring soon, but yeah, Ricky, uh, Ricky Warwick, bless him, he did an acoustic set, acoustic tour around the UK in the last couple of weeks to two gigs a day. And he came down our way. He, we saw him in Crawley with a handful of other old farts. And their kids, and he and he stayed. To, he signed. He chatted. He you know got involved. Took photos, and then he and then he went down to Brighton to Resident Records. But it's yeah, he didn't have to come to somewhere like that. He he went. He, he went to every corner yeah. in the fucking country. He, yeah, exactly. You know. Just just him. It's beautiful, beautiful electric acoustic guitar. That, yeah. that uh, black Gibson he had, gold trim. Yeah, threw in um threw in a bit of uh, a bit of the Almighty in there, and obviously the Ace of Spades cover as well. Yeah. And, there was a couple of mentions of the Almighty, so something is definitely happening yeah. there. He um, can't talk about it, which he can't talk which about. Is, it. Yeah, I mean that that enough, that enough. It's all said with a big wink. Yeah, I know. basically, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think his exact words were, um, that I know what's happening with the Almighty, but I can't talk about it." So yeah, so something, which, something which, which, which is good enough for me. I, I, I saw him in uh, in Rough Trade uh, in East London, and he mentioned the Almighty, and he said, "There, it's like I, I would tell you, but Stumpy would kill me." <laughs> and i can believe yeah, that. That, was, that was it was good fun it was, <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. and it's something a bit different and, and fair play to hmv for, for doing it really like i think i talked about it before on here when um scottish grindcore band called endless swarm did a set in hmv in dundee and they completely tore the place to pieces <laughs> you know but it, it but it was fully embraced so yeah i'd, I'd like to see more of that it's it's, it's really good fun um, and talking of good fun, we'll finish off this week with, uh, you know, a, an update on Anthony's metal journey. Where are you? Uh, well, yeah, I think the, 
I think this uh, the first month of 2023, I've been focusing on the uh, the extreme evil side of of 80s metal. I'm still very much in there. I've done a lot of the main stuff, but I wanted to start ticking off all those influential, nasty albums that uh, the big guns like to talk about here and there as early influences. Because, um, yeah, I've, I've never really listened to the early early Teutonic Thrash stuff and early Grindcore and some of that early death, and I really wanted to get it under my belt and make a start. Um, so the idea was definitely to get to the Florida Big Four, um so i've covered i've covered their all of their debuts now and excuse me and and as well as uh leprosy by death as well so um yeah like death definitely one i'm going to keep listening to um so just got that good how, how good how good is that riff in leprosy in the middle oh yes that is i mean it's just it's fantastic but no, it's, it's, I, I, I'm 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 more of um sorry I'm I'm more of a screen bloody gore man than I leprosy I I do prefer my favourite death album is is symbolic, um yeah. but you know uh, out of those two it's uh, it's screen bloody gore. I, I, think, yeah, I think the production's a bit better on leprosy, but yeah, at the moment you know based on my listen so far, I'm a bit undecided. I think they both they're both as good as each other. Um. Yeah, obviously, like like slowly we rot obituary. Uh, that's decent. I'm undecided about morbid angel. It's a bit abstract for me. I think um, yeah. lots of different things going on. Surprisingly, I liked like the first album by Deicide. It's quite straightforward. Oh yeah. Um, straight. <coughs> I, I wasn't I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought what I'd heard by them in the past was a bit too like guttural, brutal, nasty death metal. Very and this this I can get into. But yeah, I mean half hour. Bob's your uncle, solid. So yeah, I'll come back to that definitely. And um, by an absolute batshit fucking lunatic. Yeah, exactly. So I want yeah. a bit. Of I, remember, I remember being at the um, when we went up to the uh, up to Cardiff to see the Unholy Alliance tour. It was what was it, Lamb of God Slayer, and I can't remember who, who else was on the bed. It was Slipknot Slayer, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it was Lamb of God Slayer and Slipknot. I think. Sure, yeah, sure, Slipknot one as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, well, it's when I had my broken jaw. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a story for another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I was outside waiting to meet up with my one of my mates who I was staying with because he was working at the bar at the arena, and there was this group of girls outside, and this crazy like Welsh guy from the valleys who'd obviously come in to see them just starts headbutting a brick wall. And he's just like, deicide! And he's headbutting the brick wall and shouting deicide. And like the girls are just looking at him. And they've been to the gig too. But they're like, they must have been 16, 17, something. And they just go, look, we don't know these local bands. <laughs> and I, and I, I just looked at them and said, they're from Florida. They're not, they're not from Cumbran. <laughs> like, you know, what, what the fuck? I said you're at a metal band. You met you're at a you're at a metal show with Slayer, Slipknot, and Lamb of God, and you've never heard of Deicide. Now I know that sounds like gatekeeper or being elitist, but I'm sorry if you're at if you're at a Slayer gig and you've never heard of Deicide, you'd have to like them. But if you've never heard of them, that, that is, I think that's that's behaviour that needs to be called out. <laughs> it, it was it, it was it was a long time ago. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Back to on. So yeah. Um... We've we covered I've covered the first three Bathory albums, which I like. 
Um, mm. What I like is he knows what he wants to be doing. So he's he's nailed down a sound. And for me, it's 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 like Venom, but better. I don't care who has a go at me for saying that. It it really is a case. Venom. No, I'm I'm hundred hundred percent with they, you. On they that. were they were intentionally being crap. And Daffery, he wanted to go for a particular sound. And, you know, I respect that for him, even if it's not my sort of thing normally, but it's going to keep pulling me back. The third album, especially, I was shocked at what I heard. I mean, Call of a Grave. I, I, I mean, that, that bridge, that's one of the greats. And, and that, why more people don't know that and why I'd never really uh, been exposed to it before. I'm shocked. So, yeah, um, really quite impressed by that. Um, yeah, we. I've, I've been making a point of listening to the fast and heavy for the sake of being fast and heavy stuff that the youngsters were knocking out back in those days so the early Teutonic Thrash which I'd, I'd listened to a bit before but not focused on them um, I'm not a fan I think we've covered this before but I just can't get into early creator it's just there's just not enough there song wise for, for me to grab onto and you know I will give a later stuff a go but yeah I mean Pleasure to Kill it's, it's, it's I mean it's hours an hour long it's just, it feels a bit unnecessary. Padre shaking his head at you. I don't know. I know it's just, it's just not doing it for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a good, it's, it's a good job you're not holding that pen. <laughs> this one. No, no, you could. No, I'm, I'm talking to because that pen would at the minute be sticking out of something quite uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I I don't get on all that with it's, the early creator stuff either. I think for me that uh, like Pleasure to Kill, for example, it's the energy of youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I enjoy about that album because it is badly, well, it's not badly played, but you know, you can hear, uh, you can hear the flaws in the performance. You can hear that they are really going for it, at the, right at the edge of their ability, and that is where the excitement comes from for me. So that's yeah, my, again, yeah, yeah. See, it's just yeah. the energy of youth. Is yeah. the naivety wrapped up in it? I, I can see why it's revered as a fresh album for what it is, and that's fine. I, I just, I just think it's not for me really. It's just, it's just too much. I, I think for what it is. So, um, oh, but it's still, but it's still far preferable to I think the first Sodom album, which and I listened to the original prep, the original recording, not the re-recording, which the label made them do because they were so disgusted by that first recording. But it's, yeah, it's, it's after the out the, the EP, which was fairly solid. It's, yeah, to me, it's just unlistenable. Um, and I like, I like Agent Orange. I've heard that, you know, that, that was the right route for them to go down. And, but I can see why that early stuff was a, an influence on the later black metal stuff, because it's just got that evil, awful yeah. sound to it. Um, yeah, it often gets credited, doesn't it, as being like one of the earliest examples of black yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah. Not, not for me, I think, I think Clive, really. Um, <laughs> so, same with Sepultura, actually. I've got a couple of them at the same sort of time. Um, EP's good. And which, then there's a bit sorry, of a drop for sorry. Which um, when you were talking about creator, which album was it? Uh, well, pleasure to kill. Sorry, pleasure to kill. What? When did that come out? Eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. See, I, I've been listening to Endless Pain this week, and I quite like it. Oh, you know what? I actually prefer that to Pleasure to Kill. I think. I do. I think. I, I think. I think there's like is it Tormentor, Storm of the Beast, Tormentor, Son of Evil. I just great songs. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I think I might, I, mean, I like might prefer that to. to um, but that came Kill. out before. That's eighty five. Yeah. before. Yeah, <laughs> Sepultura as well. That first EP was good, and then they didn't quite get it right on 
the album uh, Bestial Devastation, did they? I think. Um, they dropped you're, back you're, you're talking about schizophrenia? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the, the, the EP was... Morbid Visions, was it? Sorry, yeah, yeah. The EP was Bestial Devastation and the first album was Morbid Visions. Yeah, yeah, Morbid Visions. Then it's Schizophrenia. Yeah, then it's yeah. Beneath the Remains. Yeah, yeah. So they improved on that. But yeah, that first album, they, they, they took a step back. Yeah, but like Schizophrenia has got like, it's got Troops of Doom on it, which is great. Yeah. And it's got Orgasmatron, uh, which is another quick, good track. And, but, and then like, you know, and then you pull Beneath the Remains out. And that's a fantastic album. And I think that's, well, I don't know. It's, it's always been Seminal. a tough yeah. Arise or Beneath the Remains. KFCD is great. It's a quality album, but there's just tracks on Beneath them. It's Slaves of Pain. It's an absolutely amazing song. So is Inner Self. You know, I mean, and uh, what's the other one? And the title uh, track itself. Sarcastic Existence. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. Mass Hypnosis. You, you, you can't beat these tracks. They're no. just. just a good look at what to happened to them. That's the one. That's one of the bands for me that hurts. Like in Flames for Dragenza, but Sepultura for me was like I mean Metallica, that's that that's something different. But like to, I, to, I think to turn into Soulfly. I, I would urge you to listen to the to yeah. Quadra, certainly, um, which is a few years old now, a couple of years. Um, I think it was two, two, 2021, maybe. Um it's a really strong album. Quadra. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they have they have bloomed a little bit in recent years, Sepultura. To be fair, where else? What else am I? Yeah, and I've I've also started touching on the grindcore as well, which, yeah, I mean, I listen I've listened to Scum by Napalm Death and yeah. Recaputrification by Carcass, and I can see what you were trying to do, lads, but again, not for me. Um, and I, I love hard work, so I, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep digging in, but. I mean, again, Scum. Scum isn't really an album, is it? It's two EPs, yeah, not together. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping uh, from Obliteration to Enslavement kind of opens up and feels a bit more cohesive. But is it, there's a, there's a um, with Scum? Obviously, it it has you suffer on there. Um, have a listen to the like the 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 uh, John Peel version of You Suffer. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. It's bizarre, like for a song that's what a second long. It's weird that you can talk about in terms of there's a better version of it, but the version <laughs> on um, the the John Peel sessions is is so it's like soaked in reverb and it just sounds massive for that length of time. You know, it's it's such okay. a such a I need, I need you to, It's just an interesting, a fun thing to do. I need I need you to do two things for me. Like when, when I know you're on the death and the grindcore stuff at the minute, but when you get onto the more thrash stuff. Um, Check out an album called R.I.P. by Coroner. Okay. Coroner, great. Yeah. Um, especially the song Suicide Command, which is great. And then also, and I've, I've mentioned this before, the band, they're called Cancer. Oh, yeah, I think you. Right, yeah. And the album, and it's one of my favourite album covers. It's, it's, it's a... It's a Dante's uh, Inferno, isn't it? No, it's not. It's um, the, the Destruction of Sodom. Okay. The Sins of Mankind, 1993. Best two-part best two track ever. Tribal Bloodshed 1, The Conquest. Tribal Bloodshed Part 2, Under the Flag. Just just classic. Just, it, you probably, I don't know if you'll like it, but oh, I, no, no, well, I, 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 I got no. it on vinyl. I got it on vinyl from Cardiff Pannier Market. 
still got it. So. <laughs> well, two two points from me here. Like one, like Coroner are one of the bands that I, I've heard talked about for years, and I've just never gone there. I've never listened to Coroner, um, so I'm going to jump in on that and do that homework as well. Um, and interestingly, Cancer I was listening to last week, and they're not a band I've ever really listened to, but just on a bit of a whim. Um, I put their Death Shall Rise album on and uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really good. So underrated thrash bands. I, I, I sort of loosely got into Coroner. They they randomly were on one of the um, the early outdoor bloodstock bills. Um, we're talking sort of 2008, 2009, something like that. And uh, I'd never heard them before and you know, saw them live once and yeah, really good, really powerful live band. And I was, I was quite impressed. And a little bit progressive in places, Coroner. Um, but yeah, really good. It's definitely, definitely worth a listen. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll note that. I mean, I want to try and exhaust the 80s as much as possible before I start going into the 90s. But yeah, there, there, there is some 90s fresh stuff I do want to uh, cover. So yeah, duly noted. But yeah, I need to, I, I need to get onto the crossover, crossover fresh at some point of the, the other two tonic fresh bands I've not listened to. And I think there's a lot like, the second wave Bay Area stuff as well. I just yeah. got to cover at some point. So yeah, there's still there's still some fresh stuff to get onto at some point in the near future. But yeah, um, so that covers a lot of it. Yeah, I mean that was great. That's covered a lot of the nastier stuff that I've I've yet to check out and I've identified what I want to keep going into. But what I've been doing is I decided to take a different approach with glam metal because I listened to the first wave stuff last year, sort of in a chunk. But I thought let's let's drip feed the second wave stuff to palate cleanse in between everything else um, rather than just spend a week or two listening to, you know, cock rock. Um, I don't, I don't, know, think, I don't think I've ever heard anybody um, refer to glam metal as a palate cleanser. Well, <laughs> that, that kind of vibe, but yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd never listened to the debuts by um, Poison and Cinderella before. Um, Cinderella really surprised me because they, they're closer to ACDC. Than anything i think yeah. um which yeah wasn't expecting but yeah solid solid stuff nothing amazing but yeah listenable poison poison intrigued me because i can totally see why they copped a lot of flack and why maybe they were partly responsible for the death of all of it but they're essentially a bubblegum bubblegum pop group aren't they really yeah. just playing it with metal yeah, they've got that those 50s and 60s pop harmonies to it you know you can see them you can see them being played in a Cadillac driving down the Pacific Coast Highway. Um, you can hear a lot of classic blues in some of it. As yeah, well. yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the songs are okay. I, I, I think "Talk Dirty to Me" is great, and I think the title track of the first album, um, "Look What Cat Dragged In," great chorus, great chorus. But, um, but yeah, it's it's one of those just to sort of dip into as a as a guilty pleasure every now and again. I think guilty pleasure. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, with poison, I just think it's one of those things where the scene gave too much credence to the band. Like that yeah. band would never have been signed. So this might be a sweeping statement, probably is. That band would never have been signed if they were from like, I don't know, Denver or Chicago or it was what, what, product what of the scene, scene lending the band too much credence. Like too much authenticity. Pittsburgh. They yeah, but they moved, they, they know, but they moved, they moved to LA. Yeah. Well, they would have done. They would have done what most bands would have done, wouldn't they? And just yeah. start and relocate into the scene, you know, like yeah. say. So, you know, but to their credit, I would. I always think that Poison put out an album. You know, when that whole kind of when grunge came in and and influenced a lot of those bands um, in the early nineties, they did an album called Native Tongue, 
with Richie Kotzen on guitar. And it's a it's a, it's a credible record. There's a single that came off that called Stand. Um, and it's a great listen. I'd get, I'd, you know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd call that a highlight, you know, in a, in a very strange career for, for Poison, you know. I do love the fact you are always the defender of the underdog. You, aren't you? <laughs> I'm sorry. How, how are Poison the underdog? <laughs> During the grunge era, they were definitely the underdog. No yeah, one gave they, a fuck. Yeah, because they deserved it. Because it's like they, they were forced into ob- obscurity by, by, I'm sorry, better bands who could play their instruments better. Yeah, well, that's true. And write better songs. I'm so sure I'll... Brett Michaels right now is floating in a swimming pool somewhere, feeling like a proper underdog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he felt like a complete loser when he made a home made, homemade porn movie with Pamela Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I failed in life. Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. Yeah. But yeah. um, but that brings me to Dokken, <laughs> um, who have just released a. Um, re-released the four album set from the 80s yeah, yeah. um so i'm making a point of mentioning that but yeah i mean i've been listening to doc and here and there over the last few weeks anyway because i suppose what i like about them is they kind of sit in the middle ground between the old that first wave um sort of metal tinged hard rock kind of thing but the the second wave which was a bit more mtv friendly and again very arena friendly um and I think they kind of got overlooked, I think. I know they got a fan base and they've got the name, but I mean, in the UK, they they pretty much had nothing at all. Um, I was doing my research on them and they they had one single that charted in the UK, which was one of the lesser known songs. And that was in 1988. And that reached, well, it didn't even chart. It reached number 78. So... Um, no they didn't, have the, same, they didn't have the same profile though, did they? They it was, didn't, no. Yeah. And it's weird because they... they they start. I mean, they released the first album in 1981 in, in on a French label, and it got unnoticed in Europe. But that was about it. It was there wasn't a great deal of attention there. They they took a couple of years to release the album in America after re-recording it and remixing it. And it, to be honest, that was about six months after Pyromania came out, so it already sounded a bit dated. And that first album is a bit it's a bit flat. Um, you got the title track "Breaking the Chains," which is solid. The rest of it is it's okay mediocre but it's it's nothing special it it sounds a bit flat compared to some of the stuff at the time and unfortunately there's a couple of tracks on there which are a bit questionable lyrically (laughs) Um, one's called felony and one's called young girls oh god um yeah and now now we know we know that was a common euphemism for young women back in the day and and we know rock stars were weren't always as choosy as they should but it's just listening to it now it's just a bit oh no. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd so, like to refer you to uh, Girl School by Britney Fox. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah, go go and watch that video. That's something else. That's, I mean, that was the late 80s, eh? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so, you know, that, that's definitely the runt of the litter, but... The runt of the litter. There, there, there's a couple, well, couple of tracks Speaking there. of the late 80s, Dokken, they also had a track on the Night, Nightmare on Elm Street, one of the Nightmare on Elm Street soundtracks as well. Yeah. Dream Wars, I think it was. This is it. I think the next three albums were a much better kettle of fish because i think they they'd realize they need to actually be bigger and take full advantage of, of the production you know that post pyromania production that was on offer to them and yeah the next three albums you got tooth and nail under lock and key and back for the attack um significant step up and across the board the you've attack, got some, that's a great that's a great album yeah, yeah you've got some good songs there and including the um 
Dream Warriors, the third Nightmare on Elm Street, which is on that last album. And incidentally, that same film featured one of the songs off the second album, um, Into the Fire, um, during during the actual film as well. So I think they they were definitely trying to, you know, there was definitely words said about trying to get them on and get their profile up. But that was 1987. By the time that happened, Guns N' Roses already brought out Appetite for Destruction. And it feels a bit like it's a bit too late. Because the previous two albums, I think that's those are probably the two the two best albums, Tooth and Nail and Under Lock and Key. You've got stuff like Just Got Lucky, which is a great big chorus. That's you know great song. Uh, Into the Fire. You've got a power ballad there called Alone Again, which is one of the forgotten power ballads that deserves more love. And then you've got stuff like um, Unchained the Night, um, The Hunter. Uh, and there's another couple of tracks I'll mention. Uh, yeah, in my dreams as well. Um, I know people talk about Mr. Nasty off off back from the attack, but I think I think that album's just a bit overlong. It's like an hour long. Doesn't need to be too long. The songs. And the songs, yeah, for for a band like that, it's no. And the songs are all right compared to the the other two. So I mean, overall, it's you know you've got a decent you've got a decent set there if you're into all that kind of stuff. But I think the point is, is that I think they deserve better. I think they had better songs than what people remember them for. Um, and they should, yeah, they should have probably had a better career, I think. But I think maybe it's a case of timing. It never quite happened. Their first album was a bit bit of a stutter. And then by the time they released the good stuff, it was, they were sort of very in the middle ground. Mm. They were very MTV friendly. They, they had some good songs, but they quite, they weren't as notorious and they weren't as shocking as Wasp or Motley Crue and, so they probably got overlooked, and that's a shame because, yeah, I think across those three albums, there were some really good tracks. Well, I'll, at this point, I'll speak on behalf of my uh, my friend and colleague, Davey Grudge from The Grudge, because uh, I know he's a huge Dokken fan. So, oh, um, yeah, if you need <laughs> someone to come in here and uh, and wax lyrical about their, uh, um, you know, how good they are, he's your man. Never been a fan, i got to be honest, Dokken. Yeah, the thing you, you you get a best of, it's yeah. good. You, you can get a decent best of from them, basically. It's just one of those bands that you know that were in an era of great songs, and I other than breaking the chains, I can't really. I might recognise them if I heard them, but I can't really sort of remember any specific, you know, eighties anthems that you got from all the other bands. So it I just think, obviously um, just passed me by. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you got the, like the best the best of on Spotify that they compiled. Excuse me, and that's yeah. I think that's worth dipping into, definitely. Well, I'll give them another go. Yeah, but it's yeah. I, they, they, I mean, none of those albums are classics. You know, there's no, there's no uh, shout of the devil or or appetite for destruction or Skid Row. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah, they just didn't quite didn't quite get there. But yeah, mate, you know what? They're a singles band. Like Queen. <laughs> so where's but, the um? Where's where's the journey going next? What's the next step? um what do i want to do next um oh i'm actually gonna tackle uh 80s power metal next 80s power metal 80s power metal so i'm gonna i'm gonna start with some of the u.s stuff i know that's not the classic power metal sound but you know early manila road man of war it's relevant isn't it to, yeah. to how it then developed um, listen if we if we're going to talk about man of war we need to get some greeks on <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've spent some time in Athens about 
month and a half back in 2016, and I've never seen so much man of war graffiti anywhere else that I've ever been to. <laughs> like, and I'm I'm sorry, like Athens is a metal city. It is and just on, on, on that point as well. If you go to Hungary. Um, there's a guy there, uh, I can't think of the name of the bar, but his bar is a tribute to Man of War. I think he runs oh, wow. Man of War fan club or something like that. And you walk in and the walls are just adorned with pictures of him and members of Man of War, you know, all blown up and framed. And, you know, he's got album covers on the on the walls. <clears throat> it's quite something to behold. It really I, is. I, I would but, just love it. Like like Man, Man of War. Man of War. When, when Man of War, if, when they, you know, when they tour, and they have to go between, you know, like from America to Europe. If they actually had a man of war ship, proper port, you know, like you know, with cannons and everything, that that would fit. <laughs> that would fit Joey DiMaio's ego, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I've, I've identified ten albums from the eighties that I'm going to check out. So yeah, you got a couple of man of wars, three Halloweens, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Manila Road, and you got Sabotage there, uh, and Crimson Glory and Running Wild. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Do we, there, do we which... get? I mean, do you, do you, yeah. do you, do you envisage yourself coming anywhere near the band Marillion? I need to check them out at some point. I know. You've I need to, yeah, uh, you've got to. It's the first. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know. I know. What's I that to... song they wrote? Is it? Is it Kaylee? Kaylee. That's the one. You I think I, I worked with someone who was named after her. Uh, I remember you telling the story. The song. That song was named. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, because yeah. is it? Then there's then there's the splinter group from Marillion. There's the splinter group. Is it Fish? <laughs> yeah, Fish the singer, he went off solo and then Marillion kept going. And well, that's it. I mean, what, I mean, he was only the band briefly, wasn't he, really? Fish, considering yeah, he, so and, and, he, and he drank like one. So I think he was, you know, he, he yeah. was the easiest character to deal with. But, you know. but yeah, but I know, I know my mate, my mate love, likes Marillion. So I need to make a point of listening to those, like the first, the Fish albums at least. I mean, script from a Jester's, Jester's Tear. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. Yeah. It's yeah. So I, I know. I will, I will at some point, but. But yeah, yeah, power metal, I think, is the next two or three weeks, really. Okay, uh, 80s power metal is an interesting one because, yeah. you know, outside of the early Halloween stuff, I'm not all that familiar with, uh, with 80s yeah. power metal and obviously Man of War. But, well, it's, um, to, to be yeah. fair, the, the, from what I can tell from my research is it was Halloween that invented that, the classic yeah. European power metal sound. Before then, the US, the American stuff, it was heavy metal. They just approached it with a bit more aggression. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had the you had certain bands who were touching on the Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy stuff, and of course, you know, you know what Man of War were like, um, and that kind of got a bit mixed up in terms of influence. But it's it's proto power metal, I suppose. But yeah, you know there's there's, but, there's many superlatives you can throw yeah, at Man no, of War. Ditch the bloody prefixes for God's sake. <laughs> Other bands play Man of War Kill. That's all you have to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Look, you know, we we can we can we can take the piss out of Man of War as much as we like, but some of the stuff they came out with is is metal gold, and lines like that are one of them. You just you can't beat that kind of marketing. Undeniably so, undeniably so. You know, he's a clever man, Joey DeMaio. He may be a complete cunt or seems like it, but very clever man knows what he's doing. And no, Tony, you're doing great well. work, though. I just want to say this is incredible. This this is quite some journey. I'm loving it. <laughs> no, thanks. I love this stuff. Like I say, just you know, it's like, it's like the comics. I'm re reading. I'm reading Marvel like from day one. I'm sort yeah. of all, almost near the end of really 1964. Nice. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Have you guys, just seeing how it's all 
develops and changes in first appearances that kind of thing i, lo- I just love that stuff that's how i've I- got some i've got some 1960s um spider-man in a shoebox at my mum and dad's house um which i bought at a car boot sale i will dig them out and i'll let you know what's in there and then i'll cry if you haven't got them in plastic bags i started I, I, I started reading but i'm not starting i've read it again this week have you ever have you ever read the uh the Hagi Kuri, the, the book of the samurai great yeah. book but then Spin this, off. this is getting a little bit too cultured now. <laughs> this, this this is this would make for a really good, I think, metal concept album. Have you ever, have you seen that film um, with uh, Keanu Reeves called Forty Seven Ronin? I've never seen it no, because um, it was when Keanu okay. Reeves was his cheesiest worst. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, forget that. But it's actually based on a true story. So it's about seventeen oh two. So it's during the the Tokugawa Shogun in Japan. And this is there's a, a Japanese daimyo, he's a, a lord uh, called Asano, and he has an issue with a corrupt civil servant in the you know the shogun's court. So he cuts him with his with his sword, and the the shogun takes great offence to it and says, "Right, okay, you have to commit sepulchre, and like you know disembowel yourself." And and then they basically take his lands and kick his family out of his castle. And, and then his, his retainers, his, his samurai, become ronin. So they're out of work, basically. But then like the, the, the government are so kind of suspicious that they're going to seek revenge. They, they monitor them for years. And these guys can kind of go underground and they become carpenters and fishermen and all this kind of stuff. But they keep in, they keep in touch together very, very secretly. And after years and years and years and years of waiting, they get back together. And they go after the civil servant and the, and the, the people that that this this is this dispossess their master's lands and they just basically kill them all and then at the, all at the same time all forty seven of them commit ritual suicide and it's like the last act of homage to the dead master. It's great. It's a great story. That is, I'm sorry, there's a concept album in there somewhere. That should that should have been the last Maiden album. That should yeah. have been Bill and Ted three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Okay. Right, well, we'll, um, we'll, we'll look forward to the next step and that in a few weeks' time. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a long one this week. We're, we're nearly clocking up two hours. So hopefully everyone's still awake listening to this. Hang on a minute. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening this week. We may or may not be back next week. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, put a shout out on that. But if not, we'll be back on uh, the following week. It's around 18th, 19th of February. Uh, June's are coming on um, from the dusty plains of Newcastle upon Tyne. For a bit of a chat and a few beers so uh yeah look forward to that um in the meantime thanks for listening and uh we'll we'll catch you later say bye you old farts uh, bye. thanks for having me <laughs> always welcome yeah <laughs>